Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping episode three of Hawkeye in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and uh, go watch this awesome episode. And I'm joined by the pizza podcaster, Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm good, Michael. And remember, when you go on this podcast, um, just because the other podcast rivals that we have, they may be bigger than you. Um, you can work around it, be quick, and also your uncle is going to pick you up after practice, so uh, after the podcast. So be ready for that. Okay. Well, speaking of bigger podcasts, we do have a guest with us here today. Um, I'm very happy to introduce you all to Tom Size from the Two Sides of the Story podcast. Tom, how are you? I'm doing great. That's a very generous introduction. Bigger podcast, I'm not sure. We're on our way, though. Yes, Tom, <laughs> I want to give you the opportunity to, um, like, we're, we're, we're still getting to know you, too, so yeah. I'm excited to learn more about you. But also for the audience, like, uh, I want you to tell people what you're all about and maybe uh, talk about your podcast and what you love about Marvel. Yeah, no, I'm a bit of a Canadian nomad. I've lived, lived all over Canada right now. Uh, now residing in the East Coast. I do a podcast with my cousin, Sean. Uh, he and I never uh, like knew each other growing up, so the whole premise is uh, getting two sides together to tell their different sides of the story. Um, I've been a Marvel fan since the wheel age of like six, getting involved in you know, 90s Spider-Man and x-men even the, like the 1966 spider-man was my jam as a kid and then kind of the love just grew from there yeah i totally get that um tom i also want to get your takes here like what have you thought about hawkeye three episodes in like uh I, are you loving it i'm having so much fun with it it is more than i thought it would be when i saw that hawkeye was getting his own like tv series i was like all right they haven't done enough with them i can't wait to see what they do and they have not disappointed I think you go in the low expectation of like, you know, you go Hawkeye, all right. And you're just like, fuck, yes, Hawkeye. Marvel and Christmas together at last. I'm so happy. It doesn't get better than that, right, Tommy? Marvel and Christmas? No, yeah. I mean, should we just like scrap every other series? Every series should just be a Christmas Marvel story. It'll be great. It'll be cute. We'll get a little stockings, a little Hulk stocking. Oh, how adorable would that be, Michael? I think we just do like all the holidays mixed into one, like She-Hulk Easter, uh, <laughs> a Moon Knight Hanukkah. Like I'm down for whatever they want to do. Yeah, I'm trying to think who Valentine's Day. Who's our Cupid? Maybe <laughs> Spider-Man. Like a Spider-Man. Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye <laughs> Cupid, Valentine's Day. It's right there. Oh, true, true. Okay. Well, Tommy, uh, I want to get like uh, uh, putting you on the spot here. Initial takes. Episode three. What do you think? I liked it. You know, I, I really am enjoying uh, Clint and Kate. Like, they're just great together. Like, the, the chemistry, the dynamic between them is really fun with that mentor uh, stuff. Um, and I love the, the backstory we got of Echo. I thought it was a really good way to set it up. And I, I really love uh, all, all the things with horror origin story, the stuff they, they kept, the stuff they changed slightly. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good episode. I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. All that one beginning scene does so much for what the Echo series is going to be. And I'm so on board. She's a character I don't know much of. And that one introduction, I've signed me up. I'm on board. I'm going to be a fan now forever. 
I, I, I've got a piggyback here, guys. I think, like, I will obviously have been, like, gushing over Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. But listen, I think Echo has taken the plate. I think this is, like, my new favorite character in only one episode. Like, the way Echo, like, the way she carries herself and, like, like her facial expressions, right? Like, she's so stern and she's so powerful. And, like, here's the other thing. This, this, this woman... Um, I don't have her name off the top of my head. This is her first acting role ever. She was yeah. not like in plays. She like wasn't in anything else. I don't know how she got into this. I feel like there should be like a documentary based on this woman and like how she was able to land this role. But uh, she's incredible. Yeah. And a fun story to piggyback on that. I was just reading today that in order to make her feel more comfortable, uh, both Jeremy Renner and... Um, Who's paying a Kate Bishop? Um, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. They both learn how to sign her name and like kind of greet her properly in uh, American Sign Language. It was just so nice to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Echo. Is, I think the show is gonna be great. I think it's gonna deal with some stuff. I'm I'm excited for it. Who's Uncle, guys? Can I'm just saying. We all know who it. I think it's we Mephisto, can. right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> No, no I, think, I think this is a, I think this is a hot topic of discussion, and I don't mind talking about it up here at the top. And um, typically, like, I'm always not sure how to approach these things because, like, sometimes from like a comic book perspective, like, we can almost like predict exactly what's going to happen, and that's not always fun for the people that don't read the comics. But I think there are enough clues here to make this like a valid theory more than a spoiler. So I definitely want to talk about the possibilities of us getting kingpin in this series tommy i know you have a lot of takes on this i know you're a daredevil guy um i like there's nothing that i caught but i know if you watch the show like there are a lot of clues here so uh, i'm curious to hear what you think about it yeah i mean i've been saying it for a little bit now and a couple clues um we're getting tons of, of west coast avengers which i'm still on <laughs> that theory's train but i i think this one is to me if it's not him it's going to be another like ralph boner thing where they're really setting us up to be disappointed like you have the shot of the man with the suit and and you have you call him uncle obviously based on the comics people know that in the comics he's uh the adoptive father of of echo this is a slight change but i think it's more of like a not actually an uncle but more of a you know a term of endearment uh but I, to me, they made it pretty clear that it's probably Kingpin, and if it's not, again, it just feels like a slap in our faces, in my opinion. I gotta agree. I like it's a like as far as I'm concerned, it's a hundred percent Kingpin. Um, I'm looking at it. I I don't see any other way around it. And if Marvel does that whole like, oh, we're doing something different, like is there a prerogative and they can do whatever they want? Like, I did laugh a lot when I found out Ralph Boner was just a nice little joke. Like, it was a nice little prank they pulled on the fans, and they do that for fun, and I'm all for it. But I'm really thinking with with the Spider-Man being the next movie to come out during the run of Hawkeye, I think now's a good time to place Kingpin into the series, especially with the rumors of Charlie Cox coming back to Spider-Man 2. I, I, I think it's only right. I'm just going to be upset if it's not Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio is by far the best Kingpin. And I think Netflix or the Oscars need to reevaluate how they give out Oscars because that man's performance was amazing. 
That opening, I still talk about that opening uh, shot of him in the first in, it, as Kingpin for the first time with the, the car door, all that. It's so perfect. And I'm just saying it kind of sounded like his laugh. You know, the little bit we got of Uncle, there was a little laugh, but it kind of sounded like Vincent. Yeah. That, that guy's so, a I'd, – I'd listen to that guy read a fucking dictionary. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, I think if anything, like, I'm totally on board with this theory. I guess if there is, like, any fear that I have at this point, it's like, are we getting the recast here? Like, I don't know. But what what is really interesting, like, I was I was researching this a little bit, but there are, like, like um, the the party that Kate goes to and where, like, the, the whole underground auction and everything was, that is the same building that Wilson Fisk owns in Daredevil. Again, I'm not a Daredevil guy. I just read this on the internet. And uh, maybe it is just, like, a popular place to shoot a set, but um there's a lot more clues going on here than than uh i was even prepared for well when you film something like this in new york you're going to come across these things one of my biggest pet peeves with the marvel universe as a as a whole is you should be crossing paths with people regularly like it's odd that in hell's kitchen spider-man hasn't seen daredevil yet but i also understand that's it's a really hard thing to do to get all these actors together and they're already spending so much money. I can, I can only withstand my disbelief for so long. Like it, like it hurt me the most in Thor two where I feel shield should have been right in there fixing everything, but they weren't there till last minute. And Thor's their buddy. Why isn't Iron Man just hopping in a suit coming to help out? But I can, I can let that stuff go. And, And you bring up a good point of like, it is hard, right? Because in the comics, all the time they're crossing over. There's villains, you know, it's not just an X-Men villain. It's, uh, like sometimes an X-Men villain will show up in a Fantastic Four thing. Like it's like all the villains are all mixed. Yeah. And and yet obviously it is hard in, in when you take that to film, take that to TV, because you're right. Like it's like you have to get these actors to actually agree. It's not like just writing them in like in a comic. You just <laughs> doodle, doodle uh, anyone in. But I do think you can do some of that, like you're saying, like, have you know uh, Fist show up here? Like that's cool. Obviously, he's not part of this. The maybe a little bit part of the storyline, but it's like he doesn't. I honestly hope he's not a big thing. I hope he's not the big villain at the end. I hope it's more of just like we see. No, it's there. It's connected. It may set up the Echo series, but it's he's not going to be the one that Hawkeye fights in the end. That's my hope, but I don't know. I, I think we're going to get a new introduction for the. Dark Avengers, because I also think like my theory right now with what's going on with everything that's been released, we're going to get like five or six different Avenger movies coming out. I think we're going to get a young Avengers movie. I think we're going to get a dark Avengers movie. And I think we are one great decision away from having a West Coast Avengers movie. Protect the West. Because yeah. <laughs> if anyone needs more protection, it's the West Coast. Exactly. Um well, hey guys, let's. Uh, I want to. I want to start to dive into this episode a little bit more. Um, and I guess. I guess my first topic of discussion here is I want to talk about some of these Echo flashbacks because I thought a lot of these were uh, very powerful in many ways, um, and in particular, like um, the classroom scene and like the way that they're able to. It. I mean, it's hard to like. I don't want to like just compare it to the only other thing only other like story i've seen about deaf people which was sound of metal but it was very similar to stuff like that in the way that they are able to like uh mute the audio a little bit and like show how it is from her perspective and reading voices and i think it i think that stuff is so powerful because like 
from my perspective, obviously I can't relate to somebody like that, but we're able to like jump right into her shoes and we can see immediately her struggle. And uh, like, it was, it says so much about this character and like what she's gone through in her life. So um, I really did like this flashback. Um, Tom, was there anything in this one or any of the other flashbacks that you liked? I, I like that she like she lives up to her name Echo as like a real young girl. You see, she she's able to watch and mimic that fight scene when she takes on the bigger boy in the karate class and takes him down easy because she's watching. She's she knows she I, from what I understand of this character, she's very much like Taskmaster, where like she sees it once and then she can just copy it. So it's kind of nice to see that she's like a skill she always had. And I love the humanization of what the Hawkeye story has been doing. Like Hawkeye is now like a really human character. Like he's just training. It's just like, I'm just really good at arrows and fighting and being stealth. But now that he is hearing is going and all of it, like it really makes him more of a human character, which makes him more of a badass in the Avengers series. And getting these moments uh, with her sets up like Clint later when he loses his hearing, or, like when she, you know, destroys his ear thing is like his hearing aids high, and uh, it it uh, like sets that up of like how she adapts in it, and he's floundering a little bit because it's this whole new world for him as opposed to her. That's that's what she's, you know, that's been her life. I and this can we just this little girl was great in this role. She was so adorable, and like I I really did like. She looks so much like her. Yeah, that too. That's just powerful casting. Like, well done, Marvel. Like, way to do your work. Like, someone at the Marvel casting is should be getting a nice Christmas bonus after this. Yeah, I should have done my research, but it's not an impossibility that this child has more acting experience than Echo, her, the actual grown-up Echo. So yeah. uh, that's something to consider. Um, I also, this was interesting, Tommy. I want to get your take on this. Uh, Echo's pro-dragons. Echo's ready for some dragons, and I think it's a possibility, right? I mean, we know they're out there. We saw them in Shang-Chi, so they're, they're there in a different world, as her dad said. But uh, How accurate and spot-on was that? Yeah. Yeah, a- I really like... Uh, well, I think like a lot of the concern, probably for like Marvel Studios in general, is like how they've been releasing these things in the pandemic, because a lot of things got pushed back. Some productions were having more trouble than others, and they had to shift a lot of like some of the, but the way that they're still able to like, like I, I can see that I could see that this was on purpose, you know, like I can see how things are wrote, like written towards and to like um, mimic or enhance the experience of the other movies. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to the Kingpin thing and how it might tie into Spider-Man. But again, yeah. uh, I just really like how they're doing all that. And I just liked like overall for the series and in this specific scenes how much they're catering to like comic book fans like there are just so many easter eggs like search them out if that's something you're interested in like even in this scene with echo so many um small nods to her backstory so many not small nods to things you know even like they they obviously had to do like the big thing with her is definitely like the handprint on her head face and they did that with her dad and i like that is like similar to the comic and, and it is just like a small nod that i appreciate and you know, is just saying, are they like, I don't know. I'm, she does work for the hand at some point. I'm just saying like, is it, they gave me weird vibes. I don't like the tracksuit mafia anymore. I have, I'm sketched out by all of them. What about your take on trust a bro moving? I'm so like, that's the moving company for me. Do you not see the trucks? Trust a bro. I'm <laughs> You're right. We should use <laughs> the term bro and I'm okay with it. This is a pro bro podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, let's talk about we go back to Clinton Kate here and they're on their little kitty rides is was, was kind of funny. Um, there's a couple of funny moments here. Um, Tommy, are you a Imagine Dragons guy? I can't say I am. I like their like the one song. I don't even remember it now, but the one that like blew up in the early two, like mid 2000s. Uh, it was fine. Radioactive. Was that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah, that was fine. I don't know Tom. if I've listened to him since. Tom, are you a Imagine Dragons guy? Uh, I mean, I would be pissed if my girlfriend was taking my seat to the Imagine Dragons show. Like, I would be pissed. That guy is justified in being upset, but I also know not to get a girl a gift that's actually for me. Yeah, Tommy, I wanted to ask you, like, what, what is this? Is this is this kosher? No, this is, this is, is classic, classic, with gifts? classic boyfriend mistake. Uno, uh, probably not number one, probably like number 10, maybe. But like, listen, <laughs> like, if you're doing something and it's secretly for yourself, that's never going to end up well for you. Like you, like it's never, that should not be your mentality in any gift giving to your significant other. Uh, it should be for them first. And then if it also benefits you, great. But you know, it should, it should be for them at least like 50%, probably more, but <laughs> 70, 30, I think is yeah, the right. 70, 30. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, oh. so I also uh, we get we get face to face with Echo here, uh, and I I really like the I guess my favorite exchange here is kind of like uh, Echo talking about how um, Clint relies on technology too much. Again, that's like a theme in the Sound of Metal that I really appreciate. It is like um, kind of like being able to learn and love and accept yourself without needing the crutches of things like hearing aids. And it seems like there are two very different sides here, which is it's it's a fascinating discussion. His comeback was perfect, though. My weapon of choice is two sticks and a string. Like, I mean, how much rely, uh, uh, relying on technology does he actually do? Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. He just lost his hearing. Give him a minute. <laughs> Tom, what did he say in sign here? Because uh, I, I don't remember exactly, but it was very funny. Because I don't. It's clear he doesn't know a whole lot of ASL. Oh, it was. Uh, I want more cookies, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a great Christmas nod as well. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Santa Claus. No. maybe but like listen if there's only so many things you you learned quickly that is a good one like you know he, yeah. who doesn't want cookies exactly yeah. especially when he's got the kids all around and all that it's it's clutch it's going to be clutch that's probably how he learned it the little he only knows that because nathaniel's practicing his uh sign language which we saw in the first episode 100 percent. that was that was him trying to uh get more cookies like that's why he had to know that yeah <laughs> Um, another, another exchange here I like is, um, she's obviously asking about Ronan, Ronan a lot and Clint, Clint, uh, kind of pushes all the blame on the black widow here, which is, I mean, it's actually, yeah, you gotta tell me, Tom, what do you think of this? Well, so that's technically right. I would say black widow is responsible for killing Ronan. Ronan dies the moment she gives him hope again. And in that moment where Black Widow sacrifices herself, she's giving him that second chance where he can just let go of this vengeance he's on, which I got to say, I want to see more of. I want to know, like, I understand the why, but I want to see the first kill that made him just go nuts. Because it's a five-year period where he's going nuts, right? So I, I just want to see, I want to see that exchange. I want to see a little more of the, like, the the wrath of Ronan a little bit, but I agree wholeheartedly. Hardly, 
he's right in saying Black Widow killed Ronan. It just so happens to be a part of him that he's no longer doing it, but it was because of her he gave it up. It's kind of like Obi Wan telling uh, Luke that uh, <laughs> what I said was true from a different point of view. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like that very much. So, yeah, I, I it's interesting to see this side of Clint and like because it is like I remember watching it in Infinity Wars and being like, this is a pretty dark, dark thing, right? And like I felt like they haven't, they didn't address it in in game. It was a kind of like. Like, yeah, you did this thing, but, like, you're a hero now. Be an Avenger right now. So I'm glad we're kind of getting that fallout of, like, hey, you did do a lot of messed up stuff. And, like, that doesn't just go away. Like, there are consequences. I'm also curious to how long it took. Like, how much grieving did he have at, at his family before he went? And these fuckers are still alive? Now vengeance will be mine. Like, I, I got to know that. Like, that's the scene I'm waiting to see. Yeah, I, w- I think we could see the first. That would be an interesting flashback. Is like the first time he put on the Ronin suit would be an interesting uh, thing for the show. And I think you guys talked about it last week on your show, but I love the fact that his wife knows everything. Like they're, they're full team. Tracks. Yeah, they, like the fact that she just knows. I mean, there's no secrets. Like, like, honey, I love you so much that I went on a vengeful murder spree. That is how much I love you, and. She forgave him and understood him. That's kind of like amazing. Yeah, no, that is that is really awesome, and it definitely seems like a lot of the themes of this show is centering around Ronan. And from from my perspective, it's very hard to picture a situation where Clint gets away with this lie, right? Because it does seem like, I mean, obviously, um, I think Echo is going to have a turnaround at some point enough to at least lead a series and make us root for her, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I would have to imagine that, like, um, Clint doesn't actually get away with everything that he thinks he's going to. Like, she's going to find out eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. she, well, she must know what she's getting into. Like, that like that would have been a cool scene to see, too. Like, when Linda Cardellina actually enters Hawkeye's life. Like, that's amazing. Just to be able, like, yeah, so I'm a spy, and I use bow and arrows as a spy, which is also weird and unheard of. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot for her to get on board for. Probably yeah. the bow and arrow is the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if she would have divorced him for wearing a Hawkeye suit, then I don't know where the line is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why things get a little confusing. Do you think she could get the suits, like the suits and the bow and arrows in a divorce? Like, what do you think their prenup was like? Do you think they had one? I have so many questions now about their marriage. <laughs> we all heard, like, there's pro athletes that gave up, like, world title belts from boxing. And then, you know, the wife never, like, threw a punch. But they get that in the divorce somehow. So, I mean, there's stories like that all, all the time. So maybe she gets, like, no, I'll get, like, 17 trick arrows. And then... <laughs> I get the Ronin sword. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk about his escape here because he, he gets out and uh, he's kind of like running through this like uh, Super Mart type thing. And I actually, I guess it's a toy mart. There's toys everywhere. He actually yeah. uses a stuffed animal as like a weapon. Like he throws, I don't know, it was like a dog or something. And like, it like, like, it like, there was like a serious. Yeah, it's a warrior's call of come out and play. Like, just. Just in a Russian accent this time. Exactly. 
Didn't it make you nostalgic of KB toys? I remember I had a KB toys in my mall, and I remember how fun it was to play with all the little toys that they had out for you to play with. I, you know what? I think that was a big thing in the states. I did I like I saw that that was like a huge Easter egg for people, and I I don't have that, but I'm just I'm happy you guys got it. It was yeah, a time. I mean, yeah, I was a Toys R Us kid. Like we didn't yeah, have that on me. So no, get out of there, KB Toys for life, baby. All right, everyone tweeted us. Let us know. Are you uh, KB <laughs> Toys you or Toys, Toys R Us? <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a cool escape, and like. Uh, I, I also just loved even the beginning of this video mentioned like them riding the unicorn. They're just entertained by watching Hawkeye on this like unicorn ride going again. He probably get motion sick to be honest. I, I'd be more concerned about the motion sickness. Yeah, that'd be plus like the being driven crazy by the cheesy song over and over and over again. Yeah. It's like one water thing, torture. One thing I really liked is like I love Kate Bishop's confidence. Like how she's interacting with everybody, where she's just she's got she's giving me real Buffy Summer vibes. So, I don't yeah. know what's going on, but I'm going to be super confident about it, and I'm sure I'll be fine. I like it. I also like that like she is getting called out on it a couple times too, where they're like, "Hey, like I think she's going to be humbled a little bit through this series," which I think is good for the character um, because she does come from like a privileged background and come from like like you know it is uh, she had a lot of things given to her. And uh, I think this series, like, I think we talked about it in one of the episodes, like, it is cool to see the counter of Clint, who's kind of like a blue car, a working man kind of vibe. And you got her, who's got this, like, whole different backstory background, you know? It's it's interesting to see. And one thing I also loved about the escape scene is they made ball pits cool again. I've hated ball pits ever since seeing Bazinga happen with... uh, What's his name from uh, Big Bang Theory? Now they're making ball pits a badass thing again. Thank you very much, Hawkeye. But, okay, this ball pit, when you just start shooting, Michael, like just start shooting around the ball pit. Like they just kind of sat there, and it's like he couldn't have got that far. You would have saw the balls move. He's probably in that, like, you know, lower, you know, bit of of – the ballage, yeah, I guess. Uh, you're going to just start unloading at that point. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, here, I want to ask you about this, Tommy, because this is, um, it's not something we see a lot. Like, we talked a lot about in, like, the Falcon and Warrior Soldier and, like, how they, how they, like, when they're fighting, they don't always, like, kill their opponents. But I think Hawkeye killed a lot of people in this episode. And that's, if he did, like, that's true. And it's like, well, how are you different than Ronan? Is it because like you call yourself mysterious and like <laughs> like if you're just gonna murder anyways? That's always a, a question. He's murdered for less discreet than any Ronan kill, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the trick arrows, though, so good. Yeah, let's talk about the. Let's go ahead and talk about this car chase because there's a lot of really fun stuff. And actually, Tom, I want to ask before we get into it, uh, what is your trick arrow of choice here? Which one do you like? The uh, most? Are we going with all the ones that we've seen so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I'm rather partial to the one that uh, you only see in the comic book with the uh, boxing glove on it. I was always partial to that one. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, give me the putty arrow any day of the week. I think you could just, it's a non-lethal and you could just do so much damage with it. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like like Clint did not have to kill people in this episode. And like especially like when he's in there, like he's like shooting people point blank with like actual arrows. Like, I don't know. Like he kind of... Probably, I feel like he was going like for shoulders and like legs. They'll be fine. They might need some like uh, physical therapy. 
Listen, when there's a car chase going on, casualties are a part of the game. Yeah. Okay. Sure, if you don't know which arrow's the explosive arrow, problems <laughs> will arrive. But for the most part, I don't think anyone was murdered on purpose. It was more like a lot more like a Batman Begins kind of thing where the, he just didn't have to save certain people. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kate handled her first uh, murders pretty well, I'd say. She didn't really linger on that at all. Tommy, I want to I wanna get your takes. What, what's your favorite arrow? Uh, my favorite arrow, I I would say probably the putty. That would seem like like it could be useful for multiple things. Like I know they said shoot it at the tires, but I honestly thought like taking out the windshield was also pretty smart. Um, I know that was unintentional, but... Yeah, I feel like it's it's uh you could like do you think it's like sticky if you hit someone with it would they also be stuck that could be useful. <laughs> so I I think putty all the way. Uh, I their do... feet and they're like in like quicksand. Yeah. <laughs> Although that Pim era was fucking cool. That was pretty cool. That was uh, like that is like probably one of the coolest sequences we've seen in these. How shows does that arrow not destroy the bridge though? Yeah, true. I just uh, I don't know what bridge they're on. I'm not a Yankee, but. I, I did think, like, with this car chasing and even during the fight a little bit, the use of, like, his hearing loss. And, again, like, that the miscommunication with him, with him and Bishop throughout the whole, like, car scene. Like, I thought it was – it's interesting how they're using it. And, again, not like – it's not like a one-and-done thing from the first episode. Like, each episode has t- talked about that. We see also, like, Echo here. Like, they're definitely, like, bringing uh, light to, you know – to hearing loss. And I think that's interesting for the show. Um, I was sad, Michael, that they lost, that they didn't take the other vehicle. Uh, Clint's, Clint's vehicle from the comic, Michael. They didn't take it. They just nodded at it. But it kind of like, it made sense too. And like, like, it, like, yeah, of course he wouldn't. Like, this is, he's like about to get in a high speed chase. He's not going to mess up the best car in the parking lot. Like, he's uh, I car disagree. Bro. If you're going to steal a car, steal the best car available. Okay, yeah, they right. almost didn't get going. Did you see the car was room, room? It was just stopped. You got to pick the best car. Yeah, I, I mean that's just escape run one hundred one right there. I've seen the Fast and Furious movies eno- enough times. You take the best car available. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, we also got. I want to talk about the. We get the return of the USB arrow. <laughs> yes. From, uh, what if? Yeah. Yeah, which, that was cool. Which is canon too. Like that's in the comic books as well. Like it's hilarious to me that that is as big of a deal as it is. I, I kind of like that it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they end up, they end up using the grappling arrow to escape. And um, yeah, we also, I guess, the, I guess the next uh, good scene to talk about is this phone call with the sun, which I thought was like uh, another very touching scene here, especially with like, uh, Tommy, why'd you roll your eyes? Uh, no, it was, uh, this was heartbreaking moment. That was, okay. like, uh, yeah. No, no, no! I was, uh, I was moved. That was so sad that he couldn't even like hear his son, and uh, like it showed a very tragic part of this. Like, you know, he had to have someone basically listen for him, write it down, and he answered. And, like when he was like, "It's so good to hear your voice," and like that's just heartbreaking because he like he can't, and he's like, "No, I was crushed by this." And that was a, that was a look of man. This was really good. I thought this was like high quality scene here and think about it, it's the only way that right now he can communicate with his little boy right now and he can't hear it uh, i'm right there with you tommy i i was really close to tears just going man are you supposed to talk to his dad he's not sure he's gonna be home for christmas man i'm feeling all the things 
And he's the son like, didn't he... Yeah, well, he, he's like, he gives him permission not to come. Like, it's it's like, uh, I mean, I'm sure we, we, we like, a lot of Clint's story is kind of like, he's been ready to retire. He's been ready to, like, stick with his family. So I'm sure his son is probably, like, very much used to, like, yeah, well, dad's not going to be around for Thanksgiving this year. You know, like, I feel like that's such a sad thing. And then, like, his son is so understanding. And it's, yeah, that's a, that's another heartbreaking moment. Yeah, yeah. Hawkins' retirement's a lot like the Rolling Stones saying they're going to retire. And then there they are still fucking going. <laughs> True. He's he's never gonna go. It's old man Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, no, I, I'm that was exactly what I was gonna say, Michael, is uh it's brutal because it's like I don't even think there was any like animosity with this on when he said that. It wasn't like, oh man, I guess you can't come. Like I think he genuinely was like, Listen, I get it. If you can't come, it's okay. And it's even more heartbreaking that his son like understands and like Clint knows he's serving a like he knows he has to do what's right and he can't put that down but it's still like you're still disappointing your family even if they understand it doesn't take away that feeling that guilt you know Mm -hmm. it's very well said and like i think because of the dynamic he has with his wife she's kind of there putting out the fires like you have to understand like who your father is like there's no secret of your father is hawkeye you need to understand that certain things are bigger than us. Does he want to be here? A hundred percent. But certain things are bigger than us. And I I think that the fact that the kids kind of understand is a very touching thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, lo- loved, loved all this. And I want, I want to talk about this next scene because, again, I thought it was like, this is just more like, but we've been robbed of so much Clint content throughout all of the MCU. And I feel like now we're just like, they're just pumping us with like, trying to make us understand more about this complex character and uh, the scene at the diner here. Well, first and foremost, I guess we'll talk about, uh, I guess there's a funny scene here with the, with the costumes and everything. Um, uh, are we going to see, are we going to see him in the OG costume? Is this like a tease? I think it's just a nod. I, listen, every series now, every since WandaVision did their like costume mode, everyone's going to be like, all right, we got to give some cute nod to uh, their original costumes. I would love to see him in it though. Here's my theory. I think we do. I don't think we see him in it. I think we're going to get, like, you know that uh, Wolverine in Japan movie they did? At the end, we got, like, he receives the Wolverine costume as a gift. I think because Kate Bishop comes from money, she's just going to have it made. That's a good point. It's hard to imagine that this does, like, they just never, like, like, I don't, like, because we have, we actually have seen the costumes, and I know like they are just nods and everything. But um, I, I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if it ties in later. So I hear you. What talking. if, what if uh, Pizza Dog gets the Hawkeye costume, but like in dog form? I mean, I doubt. Wouldn't even be mad at that at all. Yeah, Super Pets, here we come. <laughs> uh, but I, I, like, what, what are we at? Like eighty percent comic book accurate for like most of the characters. Yeah, everything is coming along pretty good like i wouldn't be upset if hawkeye just showed up in his mask and the whole purple getup. i get why he doesn't it doesn't make any sense for like a realistic version of avengers that we've been getting but yeah i'm on board yeah well we get like and this is kind of getting back into like some more emotional stuff he's like he's like dude i'm not a role model like that like why would i like put myself like I'm, that's not who i am and uh i think that was that was very telling about Clint. And I'm also waiting for that scene where she kind of tells him who he is to her. Because, like, she's on the cuspice of, like, no, no, can you just sign my boat? Like, you have no idea. Like, 
like I'm not a role model. It's like, bitch, you are to me. Can you please acknowledge that you're amazing here? He's learning his own insecurities, his own feelings about his mistakes in the past, right? Like, it's like he can't see himself as a role model because he doesn't feel like a role model. Even though putting yourself out there, you can be like it or not, you're an example, you know, then the influencers out there, like it or not, when you do stuff, when you put yourself out there, you do become uh, influential to someone, even even just one person. You but, say yeah. it five, six, seven, nine times already, man. People know about you. And this is the stuff that's like, I'm actually, this is the best Clint stuff to me. The internal, because he is human. Like you said, focusing on that human stuff, he's the only character they can really. You know, they kind of do with Tony, they kind of do with with, uh, with Black Widow, but it's different with him. And they, I feel like in uh, the second Avengers, they really were like, we're going to focus on Clint. We're going to give him a family. And I think that's paying off now, but at the time they should have, we need to know Clint first and then we can focus on his families. And, and I feel like they almost did it in reverse where now we're getting the like, who's, who's the man behind the mask way later than we should have got this with uh, Hawkeye. I think that Marvel did this thing of like, we got to focus on the three Captain America, Iron Man, and then we can, uh, and uh, Thor, and then we can kind of put in everyone else, kind of pepper them in. Like we saw the Black Widow movie, and that was five, six, seven years too late, but it was still awesome, and it still gave you that understanding of the character you wish you always had. And I think that's what we're getting now with this series. I don't need a whole origin story for Hawkeye. I don't need to understand his motivations or why he does what he does. I am on board for whatever they give us. I'm just happy that we're getting more in depth of the character. One thing they always did well with Hawkeye, sure, he didn't get the most screen time. I think he's responsible for some of the best lines in, like, Marvel. I, I Like that scene where he's talking to uh, Scarlet Witch, where she's like, we're fighting robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. Like, he's <laughs> responsible for some of the best lines. It's my favorite. Yeah, no, and I, and I, I, I do, like, want to defend Clint a little bit because it has been a lot of, like, Oh, who wants a Hawkeye series? Like, who cares about like? Uh, it's like I like I and I agree. It took it took me some time to really get there, but like especially like at the peak of like Endgame, like a lot of his story in there is just so powerful again. So um, I, I love Clint to death, and I'm so glad we're getting more. Um, I want to move on to this final scene here, where they where they go to they they break into the security system, and they're gonna find some information. And then Jack shows up with the Ronin sword. That's our cliffhanger. So, Tommy, you might be able to speak on this a little bit more than I have. I've, I've done some research. Now, we're all okay with saying that Jack Duquesne is swordsman. I think you guys brought that up last week. I always now, spoil things way too early. <laughs> yeah. But there's this thing in comic book. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Jack Duquesne help train Hawkeye? Isn't that his mentor? So I think, are we going to have that moment where he's holding the sword and he's going to be like, Clint? So I don't know, right? Yeah, I mentioned it, I think, on the first podcast where he trained Clint in the sword uh, swordsmanship and then Trickshot taught Hawkeye all his arrow stuff. Um, and there was like a big conflict with them. Like it ends with like basically swordsman just like beating up hawkeye to the point that he just left him for dead because he basically hawkeye found out that like swordsman's not a great guy and he's like yeah you're right and then he's gonna beat him up i don't know because like the whole thing is like it's a way more age gap it doesn't feel like an age gap right now 
between them. They seem more like the same age. So maybe they do. Maybe maybe they change it slightly. Maybe they learn together. Maybe they went to the same school of sorts. That I could see maybe. Um, but he's heard the name, right? Like uh, Kate has given him Jack's name. He mentions it. So it's like if if he knew that was Swordsman, I feel like it would have triggered something in him already. Well, already, is that his real name? I, wasn't he also... Armand the Third's actual son, somewhere along the lines of comic book. Yeah, I mean, in the comic, Armand is not his uncle; it's his son. But his name's always been. It's always been Jack. Yeah. Okay. Um, it could be though. It, it, it's definitely like an interesting combo. I think to me, what the scene gives away is like, I don't mean, know. This is what the the third episode for. Like, yeah. we're getting Jack this early confrontation with Hawkeye. He's not the big bad. I've said it before. <laughs> Look out for Eleanor. She's out there. She's evil. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know which where like where I'm landing here on who our big bad is, and like when I originally saw that the the tracksuit mafia, I thought there was going to be some relation to Elena through them because Russia. That's it. I had no other no other connection whatsoever. But I'm interested to see where we're going, and I wonder how big of a role because she's rumored to be in this as well what kind of vengeance she wants on Hawkeye. I think you're not wrong in that thought, Tom. I think what if Echo reaches out to an assassin to kill, you know, Kate and and Clint? Like, is like maybe they can't get involved because they they don't want to upset Uncle, you know, that when uh, she was talking to Kazi. So they can't get involved. Let's get an assassin to do it for us. That's very well put. Here's my theory. I think think it's finally crystallized for me, okay? And I think it encapsulates a lot of different things. Okay. I guess? Just... Yeah, sure, Tom. What, what do you got? Yelena's Mephisto. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> uh, no, but listen, Tommy, I love the West Coast Avengers uh, idea. Um, I don't really know technically who is in that team. But listen, we have we have Swordsman. We have Hawkeye. We have Kate Bishop. Yelena's coming in. Um, I can see this. And Echo. Echo's going to have a turn. She's going to be good eventually. I think we can. It's, that's safe to say as well. That's five characters right there. I think we find out that Wilson Fisk is behind everything. And at the end of this, it's the five of those versus Wilson Fisk in some way. Is that wild? I'm on board. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. I, it's, a lot to, it's a lot to do because we need to like we need to convince Yelena that Hawkeye's a good guy. And then we also need to convince Kate that Jack's a good guy. But I think we are all on the same page that all of these are good guys in some way. So I could see it happening. I hope that the, like I said, I hope the Fisk is more set up for Echo. I want this to still feel like Hawkeye's show at the end of the day. That's my, my fear is like, if he is the big bad, it's going to, the focus is going to be, Fisk is back. That means Daredevil's coming and that's going to become the focus. And in, it could be. I, I definitely can see him as the big bad. I guess I'm just hoping that this stays like a Hawkeye thing, you know? In a way, like, we get the nods and stuff, but we don't get a full takeover from the, the Daredevil crew. Who Who is Hawkeye's Lex Luthor? Probably Swordsman, to be honest. Like, Swordsman's definitely a big villain from... A lot of the people mentioned, like, Chexu Mafia has been, uh, but, like... Swordsman to me is always his biggest rival because it was this like he left him for dead, you know. Yeah. So maybe maybe he didn't teach him this. Like I liked your idea; it was like more of a student rivalry kind of thing. So maybe when they did like that face off, it was like maybe a competition of 
who was the better swordsman kind of thing, or I don't know, someone left someone for dead in there. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards. Yeah, and, and Bullseye is a big one for him too, don't get me wrong, but like again, that's another one where it's like he, Bullseye double dips a lot. Yeah. Well, all right, guys, that kind of, that takes us to the end here. Um, I, I, one last thing I want to bring up before we move on. Um, how much is like all the Christmas music been like adding to the show for you like i think they're being really specific in their choices and i think it it adds a lot to that car chasing it added a bit um and the, like the wonderful dialogue on the train like i there's so much to the show that like we didn't get to yet it's just so wonderful like the fact that they're kind of repeating each other they're saying the same thing like how much they're in sync it's amazing and just the christmas music it just adds to the adventure i really like it um I'm I'm trying to think like specifically some songs that I've heard. I, I think I think we had like some Trans Siberia Orchestra in there. Like, um, I think it's I think it's really and like there are some songs that I hear that are like it's some sort of score riff on a Christmas song and like they're like blending it in with like more like Marvel type music. And mm -hmm. I think they're doing really cool stuff with music. So yeah, I, I, I definitely definitely deserve some props there. Yeah, I definitely like to like you know I said before I'm not big on. Uh, superheroes like dive double dipping into like holiday stuff because it really does date it but i think if you're going to do it go hard and i think hawkeye really is with this of like they're going all in on the christmas theme they're going all in on like the family themes and stuff and i think like having the music in there really does add that like extra level that like even gets me to like be okay like i'm like yeah i'm, I'm enjoying my ride with it what's amazing about this series is that we can go back to it every year now yeah <laughs> yeah it's my favorite christmas the one thing i did want to mention in the, the scene like She's on her computer doing all the tech stuff, uh, breaking in. There's a company mentioned, Sloan Inc. Uh, I just think we need to be on the lookout. There doesn't seem like any comic book references. I looked. There's this guy named Jim Sloan. That's like a whole like who's connected to uh, all all the Echo stuff and things. So I could see that, but he's not like a he's not a big deal at all. So who knows where that could lead? Um, it definitely seems like it's going to be the the push into that direction of who's the big bad, though. Yeah. I, I'm stoked to find out. Like that's what I love about the not knowing these comic books for so long. Because like all the fan theories are so exciting to hear. Like I remember when I was watching WandaVision and any little thing from Bunny Rabbit to the neighbor could have been Mephisto, and then he never shows. And then you're just going like, okay, so what's going on here in like uh, uh, the Winter Soldier, uh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? Like anything can happen. Like I'm so excited, and like even in Loki, you're just like. Yeah, you're giving these universes where you can. I never thought I'd get to see this as a Marvel fan, and I get to see a scene where there's Thor frog in a jar. Just it's nothing, but it's there, and you never thought you'd see Throg ever. So yeah. I'm loving these little things that Marvel's doing. They're having a lot of fun, and then as a fan, they're doing justice to us. There's a lot of fan service. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm with you there. Like I feel like. Fan service is all often used as like a naughty word, but um, we're fans. That's why we're here. That's why we have a podcast. Like we like yeah. that stuff. So yeah, I'm all about it. So. Yeah, and I love speculation. Like you just can't be upset when you're wrong. Like when everyone got upset about Mephisto, I I being I was more upset about the boner thing. That just yeah. get out That's of there. Man. That was. I still I I still think I know, I know. on his way, man. I I'm still waiting for it. I have a theory about him showing up in Spider Man. Oh no! Oh no! Okay, well, hold on, because I want to use this as a transition because we do have some news to talk about here. Um, this is kind of some big stuff because I, I, even myself, like I've been saying, like 
this upcoming No Way Home, Home movie is Tom Holland's exit out of the MCU. Like th- this is they'll be this is how they're dealing with um, a lot of the, the the conflict battles between Sony. And I, I always pictured like in some way. I don't think he's going to die, but he will transfer over to a different universe or something. But um, we have have confirmation now that he will be in at least three more Spider-Man movies. I think he was already signed on to be on like an Avengers or something. Yeah. But uh, he's there will definitely be. Well, I don't, I don't think any, it's like, definitely. But there are plans to do another Spider-Man trilogy, basically. I can't begin to tell you how happy this makes me. I was so sad going into the Spider-Man knowing home, no way home going. I'm not ready to say goodbye to Tom Holland. I've had to say goodbye to two other Spider-Mans unjustly already, and I don't want to do that again. Like, Tobey Maguire was a lot of fun. Like, I, I revisited the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies uh, recently. I didn't get to the third yet. I have, I need a little bit more time to heal after that one. But even the Andrew Garfield ones, a lot of people shat on those movies. I had a great time, and we were so close to a Sinister Six movie that we didn't get. And I'm so... But now that we're kind of touching on Sinister Six, I'm not sure where Rhino's going to be. Like, I'm sure Paul Giamatti's just waiting by his phone, ready to hear. Like, yeah, man, Rhino, we want you in. And um, I'm so excited to see where this goes. I think they're having fun with Spider-Man villains already. Um, there's so many that we haven't seen that I want to see Spider-Man up against. So I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm stoked so that we're getting more. I'm, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Tom Holland. I think he's probably the best Spider-Man we got for like an age accurate uh, accuracy kind of thing. Um, I just I'm so happy with how there's there's such fun movies, and then when we got to see Mysterio, who I I want to see come back. I want to see like we've got nods at uh, Scorpion already. I want to see him. I want to see. There's so many villains I want to see. Bring Vulture back too. Come on. Yeah. Well, we bring already know Vulture's coming back from like two things. Like Michael Keaton said, he's already filled some Vulture shit. We don't know where, but he has. Um, and then we've already seen him in the Michael Morbius trailer or the Morbius trailer. So somehow all of this stuff is going to come circle. Like I think Marvel and Sony are evil geniuses and they just know what the fuck they're doing now. And I, uh, I'm i not ready to let go of Tom Holland just yet. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that like is constantly baffling to me because I don't understand a lot of like the Hollywood Jigamaru going on here. But like from my perspective, it's like, why can't they share this character? You know, you could totally make it work. Well, like, yeah, it doesn't have like you both have rights to this character. You're already sharing it technically now, anyways. Why don't you just continue to share it? And it, it'll complement Sony as well because a lot of the MC fans don't necessarily care for like uh, Venom and all that, right? But if you bring Tom Holland, if if he's able to like jump back and forth, I think people were way more. I think that does Sony so much more rather than just taking him away. The fact that it ties it into the MCU gives Sony so much more street cred. Right. And there's so much more to still do. There's like other relationships that now that Marvel owns so much, like we're one really good deal away from a Spider-Man Deadpool buddy cop movie. And I want that so badly. Yes, uh, we need that. And, and Tom, I don't know if you've heard like my rants on like how I felt about No Way Home because I have a lot of mixed feelings in that. Like, my my issue was I felt like we had such a great trilogy of we had uh, the potential of a great trilogy of movies because you're right. We had there were so many loose ends, right? With Scorpion, we we uh, Vulture, we we needed a conclusion there. You know, like I felt like there's a lot of story, and I felt like we were kind of stepping away from like the Tom Holland story to like 
go back to Toby, which is cool and all. And I, I appreciate seeing like Doc Ock and everything, but I still wanted like a complete trilogy here. And, and it is a relief to me to know that like his story is not done. We yeah. still have room to do all that. We can stop down and do the multiverse stuff. And then we can still come back to like Tom Holland's going to go to college. Yeah, I think that like the, the story of Spider Man is so unique, and I like that we kept him young this whole time because, like, the Tobey Maguire was right to university. I mean, he was like forty eight when he filmed uh, the original Spider Man. I'm pretty sure something like that. But we like, I'm watching this, and I'm, the options are kind of endless now, especially with there's no MCU anymore. It's the multiverse of the MCU. Like, it's everything's changing. And the options are endless. We might get another, like, the finale of Spider-Man, I can only assume we'll have all of the Spider-Men. Like, I think we're going to get the, the what is it, twenty nine ninety nine? Like I can't remember, the one way in the future. Uh, I want to see a Spider-Man noir. Why not? Let's get Nick Cage back into the Spider-Man noir thing. Like, I'm super down. And I would lose my shit if we ever did a live-action Spider-Ham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, if, like Spider-Man is my ham is my first choice. Miles Morales, I would love to see. I think like there's a lot of good stuff to mine there. Um, Spider Gwen. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, uh, I definitely was surprised by the news uh, for sure. Like, I thought I I'm more of the mindset of like, I and mean, we talked about. It, I definitely felt like it was the end, but I also feel this is something I would have waited till after the movie came out to reveal. Like to me, this is like, cause you're taking away all the stakes of it for him particularly, right? Like Tom Holland, not that anyone assumed he would die in the movie, but it's like, you're taking that all away by confirming that he's from multiple films. I would have personally waited till afterwards. Yeah. Maybe it feels like, ah, like, Hey, by the way, he's not gone. Like you just saw him in this movie and like, he's back. We're going to do more. I, I think some lawyers at Sony saw all the tweets about, Tom Holland going like, if I'm still playing Spider-Man at 30, I'm making a mistake. And then a lot of people went to Twitter, and then someone went like, "We got to say something. We're gonna lose, like, we're gonna lose sales on this movie for some reason." We're like, no, no, like, we're here for it. Don't worry, relax, Sony Marvel. Like, we're coming. Just you know, I I agree with you, Tommy. They should have waited, but I there's there's that thing in corporate America going like, let's put a bandaid on this problem because we can. Like, they are assigned contracts. We're yeah. good. Don't don't you fret. Yeah, I just I, – I hope for the best. I just find Sony in the past has always been where it's like, can we can we get a leg up at some point? Like They're always looking for that like that sneak attack it feels like on Marvel sometimes. That's that's how I feel in their deals. Like in the last couple, it's been like, all right, great, we got – like, you know, where the big breakup happened, right? It, for me, we're getting a little off, but it, it felt like uh, – we got two movies in the can from Marvel. Now we can take all that support for Tom Holland and do our own thing. And that's how it kind of felt that time. You know, obviously eventually they did end up making a deal and everything worked itself out, mm -hmm. but it really felt like Sony's just waiting for that opportunity to go take the, basically the thing Marvel made for them and do it so they can get all the money. They can get all this success and not, cause it's probably hard for them. It's seen as like, well, Mar you know, Marvel helped you out. They're basically Marvel's little buddy in this. It's not, Sony's not Spider-Man. Spider-Man's not Sony's. It's, it's, they own the rights, but it, we know this is a Marvel product, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and the thing is, we also know that there's a whole bunch of Spider-Man villain solo movies coming. And we just so, we just so, so also, uh, ugh, excuse me. We're just so supposed to expect that Spider-Man just doesn't meet any of them ever. 
Like we're gonna have a Craven movie. You know what makes Craven <laughs> interesting? The fact that he wants to hunt Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. What I know what makes Morbius interesting is the fact that he's a rival genius with Peter Parker. And then they 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 had a meetup elsewhere. And then there's other routes to go into with Morbius because guess who else who Morbius mixed it up with? Fucking Blade. Yes. And I bet yes. you Sony wants all that. Like Sony wants all those characters. Sony wants Spider Man in all those movies. But now each time they had to talk to Marvel and is this whole fight of we got the master plan and Sony's over here like yeah I hear you but could you help us out and give them to us a couple of times? Yeah. Like I feel like it's it's. I'm with you, Michael. It really would be great if they could just share them because I think it is good for both of them. I'm just so nervous that like doesn't some Sony resentment. so much bank off of these movies. Like, isn't like the deal heavily favored for Sony? Totally. But what if Sony wants more? It's all about that money, money, uh, money, money. Yeah. See, that's where I lose it a little bit. Like, once Disney takes over the whole world, it's just a matter of time before they buy them back. But whatever. <clears throat> they, have, they have the money for it, so um, I feel like if push comes to shove, they will figure it out. Um, Either way, I'm excited that we have Tom at least another trilogy. Like I'm, yeah. ex- I'm excited for the now. It's hard for me to not look at this. It's almost like you you see your friends get married, and you're like, oh, I can see the cracks now. I'm hoping you know maybe you'll get some good years in you. Uh, but I do feel like it's it's not if they will break. Like I think there will be a break eventually. Now it could be way down the line, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm just so. Give me all the Spider Man. Give me all the Marvel. Give me. Give it to me. I'm. I, I already bought a ticket. We're good. Don't worry. Don't you fret. I'm on my way. Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, let's. Uh, I wanna. I wanna move into some recommendations here. Um, Tom, I know we talked at the beginning. I, I know you have something prepared for us. Do you wanna? Do you wanna leave the audience with anything? Yeah. Uh, I started this show called Santa Inc. It's very adult. Very Christmas has the voice acting skills of Seth Rogen, Sarah Silverman. It's a very raunchy version of a claymation classic of Santa Claus. Oh, an elf wanting to be the next Santa Claus with very crude humor, naked elves. There's a Santa, Mrs. Claus blowing Santa Claus scene in the show. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, if you're into that dark humor and stuff, get on board. Santa Inc. It's hilarious. Where do you watch this? Uh, I think it was like a showcase uh, exclusive, but it is uh, in Canada. It's on Crave. If you guys have that, I'm sure you can give it, give the old Google search a look. It's, it's fucking hilarious. That's good. That's good stuff. I'm I'm here for that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do one here. You know, I haven't been doing a whole lot recently as far as consuming new stuff, but I'll I'll give you one that um, I've really been enjoying. um, And it's, Nothing new by any means, but Curb Your Enthusiasm. Guys, if you haven't seen this, Larry David, the creator of Seinfeld, he has his own show called Curb. It's been around for many years now. Um, but it's it's one of my favorite comedies, man. And it's so stupid and it's so funny. And Larry David, he's like, he's just an everyman, right? And he always finds himself in like these tricky situations. And like, uh, it's very relatable. It's very funny. Um, and this new season that's out, and here's the thing, you can like kind of jump in wherever. I do recommend starting at the beginning of the season because like the seasons have like a whole arc, but uh, if you want to jump into the current season, I will say a couple of the first episodes aren't the best, but the last couple have been really great, and I'm cracking my butt off. So I love Larry David. I love Every Enthusiasm. That is on HBO Max, so highly recommend that. Um, Tommy, do you have anything for us today? Yeah, let me let me tell you a story. So one oh, day, Michael, you know, it was this typical song and dance where I'm trying to decide on a movie to watch with, with my girlfriend, Rebecca, uh, and... 
and we, I, you know, I was pitching Wheel of Time, as you know, my my new obsession. Uh, everyone, go out watch Wheel of Time, read the books, very good. Uh, but she said no, of course, to that. So we had to watch a movie, and and I turned on Clifford the Big Red Dog, Michael. And let me tell you, I was gonna just be on my phone. I wasn't gonna be. This movie had me in the heart. It's if you love family pictures, if you're looking for something for kids, Michael, for kids. Uh, Clifford is a great show or a great movie that, uh, uh, listen, I was feeling Emily and Elizabeth by the end. I'm like, you do you, Emily. I was cheering with them. It was a great time for all. I did not expect a Clifford the Big Red Dog recommendation today, but uh, my kids did watch it. I did not watch it. Uh, my kids watched it. So There's some like it? good kid, kids movies out there. Like, don't sleep on the Paddingtons. Oh, yeah, Paddington's Paddington. great. He's such a good bear. He's a good yeah. Bear. Michael, did your kids like it? Like you sound like you did your kids hate it. I don't it. know. I, they watched it when I was at work with my. Son. Uh, well, get get their takes, and then next time we need to know think, if they can validate I mean, my recommendation. They barely talk, so I'll do my best. But... <laughs> it's like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, if I do put on something they don't like, they will scream. So. Oh. Did you uh, hear I'll, maybe it's the test. Yeah. I'll put that back on. If there's <laughs> a scream, it's a no. <laughs> if it's a. Uh, if they watch intently, it's a yes. <laughs> Rebecca does the same thing. If she screams, she's like, ah, and then I know, oh, no, better turn this off. She's not going to like it. Okay, Tom. So uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Um, oh, it's great a lot time. Of fun. Yeah, I, I want to give you the chance to, like, uh, you know, tell people where they can find you. Tell them where they can find your podcast. All that good stuff. Yeah, uh, so we got an Instagram. It's uh, at Two Sides of the Story Pod. Uh, we're always updating, showing clips of the show we do. You can find our show Apple, Spotify, wherever you find uh, find your podcast. So that's uh, Two Sides of the Story. Um, if you ever want to email us about the show or ask questions or tell me and Sean that we suck, it's uh, the number Two Sides of the Story at gmail uh, The number Two Sides of the Story Pod at gmail so you can just hit us up there. Always looking to have uh, fan emails come on the show. Give us your two cents. Tommy, do we need an email? I think that's maybe what we're missing. Maybe. Yeah. Do we, we like? Should we make it like? Up? Yeah, but like, let's make it like mysterious so people like, like something that has nothing to do with the podcast, and it will make people more intrigued to email because they're going to be like, oh, like why is it so mysterious? Like email here for a secret mystery prize. Yeah. <laughs> At gmail.com. No. Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some I'll put all those links and stuff in, in the show notes here. So if anybody uh, I do I do recommend you guys check that out. So again, thank you so much for doing this, Tom. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna go ahead and close this out here. Um first and foremost, I wanna I wanna thank Aaron Robertson who does our music to kick us off here. And also Ethan Kellum who did our logo. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. That is a big help. It, it directly helps the pod. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Also subscribe. Um, that helps you more than anything. If you like the podcast, if you hit subscribe, it's gonna you'll be notified every single time. So um, also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod. And we also have a little Discord community of people that talk and chat sometimes. So if you're interested in that, you can message us on social media and we will get you in there. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.